Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. You know, it's so weird to ask you what you're, not ask you what you're drinking. Because I think we need to address with the audience that that kind of has been put to rest along with our old name. Yes. Yes, it has. (laughs) Because we were mostly just drinking coffee, which is what I'm doing again today. I mean, you can see it if you're watching YouTube. And it just felt boring to keep saying coffee over and over again and not interesting. <laughs> right. I'm drinking coconut water today, mm. but I put it in this container because my husband pointed out that it looks like breast milk. Mm. So now I feel like every time I see um, pressed coconut water, because it is like a creamier white color, now I just think of that and it's a little off-putting to think about. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a story nobody probably wanted to know, but... Now it's in your ear holes. There you go. So yeah, it's not that we're both completely dry, sober human beings all the time. It's just at this stage of life. <laughs> and with the schedule we have to record at, you know, it's not always great for us to try to pop open a beverage at 8 a.m. on a weekday if we, if that's the only time we can get together to record. So yeah, we thought this would be easier for now. Maybe we'll bring it back like for surprise and special episodes. Yeah, or certain types of episodes or something, or I know you're doing like an after hours thing now over on the Patreon, maybe something like that. So um, we're not nuns. If you are a nun and you're listening, I I fully support you, but it's not, we're not doing it because we're like convicted not to anymore. It's just a lifestyle change. Yeah, yeah. We're in different, different phases, different phases now. But anywho... (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about today, Sam? So today, we're going to talk about raising baby chicks. I think a lot of people are actually looking to maybe raise their own chickens for the very first time because of the cost of eggs at the supermarket. It is pretty ridiculous. Super, super high. (laughs) I mean, we're buying eggs right now because my chickens are still in the process of protesting, you know, via the normal cycle of winter we don't put up artificial lighting for them mostly just out of our own laziness i almost did a couple of times because of the egg prices but we just kind of cut back our egg consumption a little bit during the winter so it's not a big deal yeah before you know it we'll we'll all have eggs coming out of our ears oh oh my gosh anyways yeah but then maybe we'll be rich yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah you sound like you you still have quite the stock there. I do. If you have half a fridge full. Yeah, we keep all of our eggs in the fridge downstairs in the basement. They get washed when they come in and then packed in the containers and then we put them in the fridge downstairs and they stay good for a really long time, like a really really long time. I just opened eggs from February of last year and they're still fine. Really? And they're good? Yeah, they're, they've lost a little bit of moisture, but like for baking and stuff, like they work perfect. I wouldn't do like an over easy egg out of that egg because it's old and would probably not work very well, but. But it works for, for baking. That totally makes sense. That's 
That's fabulous. Yeah, so that's why I, I don't that. freeze or like water glass or do anything like that with eggs because for my purposes, eggs from almost a year ago are still usable. <laughs> Yes, that is good to know. So that might be another pro if if maybe this is the first time you're finding us here. You're looking for some information on what does it actually take to raise chicks so that someday soon, hopefully, you can just go out to your backyard and grab a couple eggs. So we're hoping to prevent, present you with some information to help you make that decision today. Yes. So before we dive into it, we'll go ahead and say cheers to our Drink Peeps this episode, which is Kayla Wood and Natalie Quist. And they are at Honey Creek Homestead and at Cloud Lover Fiber over on the Instagram. So cheers, ladies. Cheers. All right. So this was inspired by something we saw on Facebook. We'll, we'll link to the source. But I actually saw Honey and Rue share it. Yep. <laughs> Our good old friends at Honey and Rue. So we're going to use that as inspiration and uh, kind of give some of our own commentary as we go through the list there of things you just need to know if you're going to raise your own chickens. Yes. And I think the reason why a conversation like this is really important is because, like you said, egg prices are really high. So you might be thinking, like, I should go raise chicks so that I can save money Mm -hmm. on eggs. (laughs) But that may or may not be the case, depending on how you raise your chicks and what kind of chicks you raise and, like, all sorts of other stuff. So... The first thing you need to know before you just like order all the chicks is that chicks need to eat. So eggs are not free. (laughs) They're not. They're not. And, And I think that's really important to just slow down and remember. This might even help you figure out what at what scale you would want to raise chicks. Maybe you just want like four backyard chickens. So maybe you start with like six chicks just because, I don't know, sometimes they don't all survive. That's also a fact you kind of got to work through in your head. You know, maybe you want to start small and a bag of feed isn't a big deal for you. But if you're like me and you don't even know how many chickens you have, you go through like two or three bags of 50 pounds of chicken feed every week. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought you were going to say month. And I was like, I go through at least a bag and a half to two bags a week. Yeah. 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 So Bev, how much does a bag of feed cost for you in like the Ohio area right now? Do you know? So if you went... Because I know know we both get a lot of grubblies. Yeah. I was going to say, actually, all of my chicken feed is from grubblies. So I don't have to supplement or purchase any additional feed. But I always just like check out of curiosity, like what the prices are at the feed store. And for like the tractor supply brand of chicken feed, it's like around 20 bucks for a 50 pound bag. And that's actually higher than it used to be. It used to be like 16. So if you're a math person. I remember when it was like 14. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough right now. Even like some of this stuff for the other animals. All of that's gone up. My dog's food has gone up astronomically. It's insane. So yes, inflation, you know, the pricing of everything being more expensive does not exclude this little chicken keeping hobby at all. So that's something you really want to consider. Yeah. When you're deciding your scale. 
Well, and perhaps you might be thinking like, well, okay, chicken feed's really expensive, so I'll just feed my chickens like table scraps and let them free range so that I don't have to buy feed. But Sam, tell us why that might not work out. So you you can do that. Nothing's going to stop you from doing that. But it I wouldn't exactly recommend it because chickens, just like any other animal, have really specific dietary requirements to stay healthy. They need vitamins and minerals just like us and any other animal. You can absolutely free range them, table scraps, whatever. But at the end of the day, the best way to keep your chickens healthy and producing good quality eggs and not having problems like, I think there's a technical term for it, but like eggs breaking inside of them because they don't have the appropriate minerals and vitamins and calcium, all that fun stuff. Eggs coming out like kind of like jelly with a very soft shell. You don't want that either. So there are a lot of problems that you can have if they're not getting their chicken feed on top of their fun table scraps and running around like little vultures and eating, you know, mice and all that fun stuff. Like (laughs) they definitely need their chicken feed. You can't get out of it. Yeah. They eat a very varied diet, but they need the basics. Like the chicken feed is kind of like their protein shake in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. Or or like them taking a multivitamin. Yeah, there we you go. Know? Yeah, same same difference there. So you you can do it without probably giving them chew, chicken feed, but neither of us would go that route. Mm-mm. I don't think. No, your chickens probably won't last very long if you do that. I don't think so either. And you know, on another note, one of the things that I see often is that chickens will like self-regulate and they'll eat exactly what they need to like have the right (laughs) diet. But this has been my experience and this has been my experience with every creature here on the farm. They like what they like, just like we do. So like, I'm sorry, if you put a bowl of oatmeal or a chocolate cake on the counter and told me to pick breakfast, it doesn't matter that I know that the oatmeal (laughs) is better for me and that that's probably really what I need. I'm going to go eat the chocolate cake and your chickens are going to do the same thing. So like, so if you see like they're not eating a ton of feed, you know, because you do free range them or whatever, that's okay. They're eating like all the snacks and things that they love outside. Totally fine. They're still getting their feed. So they're still getting some stuff, but just know that like, just because it's there, that doesn't mean that they're going to regulate and eat the right amount of each thing. Cause they like, I don't know. I don't even know where that idea came from, but I think we just think like instincts. It's true though. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's true. I think that's important to call out. Yeah. 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 (laughs) All right. So the next thing to consider is that most hens don't actually start laying eggs until they're about 18 to 22 weeks of age, which is about like five months, give or take. It really, that can kind of depend on the breed too, I think. So you're going to be buying five months of feed. And when you first get chicks, you start with something called a chick starter, which is higher protein, which by nature is just more expensive because there's more protein in it. And then once they kind of reach that egg laying phase of 18 to 22 weeks, you can switch them over to layer feed, which tends to be about a 17 to 18% protein percentage there. And that can be a little cheaper too. So you do end up getting some relief, but... The trade-off is you're just going to have really fun, cute, fluffy things to look at, but you're going to be investing in these cute little things for quite some time. 
The the other thing you can consider is that some hatcheries, my pet chicken and my hatchery, I think they all have like started pullets or started pullets. So you get them when they're about six weeks old, maybe a little older. So that's another option. That's going to be more expensive than buying chicks, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will be. But that is an option, so you don't have to buy feed for quite as long. As long. As long, yeah. So, you know, you've got five months of taking care of these chicks without any egg return. And if you're already kind of, like, stretched too thin as far as, like, time and energy and, like, what you can actually take care of in a day— Adding chicks to that is just going to add one more thing for you to take care of. (laughs) And when you add that to, like, the extra cost of feed and, like, everything else, I think you're going to find that, I mean, even a doubling in the egg prices is still, like, I mean, I don't know how many eggs you eat. That totally depends. I mean, everyone has to decide, like, what their threshold is. But, I mean, it's a lot of work. It's not... It's not just letting them do their thing for 18 weeks and then suddenly they start laying eggs. Like, it's twice a day at minimum every day and they need it. (laughs) Another thing to consider if you start out with chicks is that for the first few weeks of their little baby chicken lives, uh, they need to be kept in a brooder with a temperature around 95 degrees Fahrenheit. So this means you can't just, like, throw them out in the chicken coop. (laughs) (laughs) at the get here's some new friends typically for yeah (laughs) typically for us if we check if we get chicks in the winter months which is usually when like the chick days will start at tractor supply or rule king or your local feed store might order a bunch of might order chicks or you can put it in order for chicks and they'll all ship there there's many ways to start this addiction but you do have to keep them in a brooder. And usually in the war- in the colder months, we tended to keep them in a bathroom because we have the luxury of having multiple bathrooms. And we put put the Tupperware type tub or the, uh, the big things you put like the Christmas decorations in, in our bathtub, clamp a heat lamp to it, put a bunch of um, zip ties on it so the lamp wouldn't move. That's key. And then just keep an eye on them that way. Because you do have to keep an eye on making sure their their poop comes off of their fluff and doesn't get stuck over their vent. Because if they get backed up and they can't get the poop out, they die. There's a lot of like health, weird health things. And we have plenty of episodes about that, too. So if you want more details on actually what it takes to raise the chicks, we'll, we'll make sure those are linked in here. So you can go listen if you haven't already. Because you, you need to know some of this weird stuff. <laughs> you will be cleaning baby chick butts in this process. And, and we'll explain that in those other episodes you can go to. But I wouldn't recommend something like a cardboard box necessarily because of that heating element. There is a fire hazard that is linked to that. But there are safer options out there, right? So you can do like what we've done in the past and use zip ties to really secure that heat lamp. And then there's also products out there like the Prima heat lamp, which has almost like a, a really good cage around it. So if it does fall, it's it's less likely to shatter because that's where that, that risk comes from is it falling and shattering and then whew, your whole house is on fire. Not good, right? But we, we also have some other options too that I see Bev has noted here. So I'll let her talk about those. Yeah, I tend to use sweeter heaters. But I mean, 
even like the smallest one will run you over a hundred dollars. And so I use sweeter heaters because I don't keep the chicks inside the house. We do have spare bathrooms, but like kind of not really, like we don't have a spare bathtub that's like not in a bedroom. And it sounds weird. Um, so we keep all of ours in the barn and I just, I would do the heat lamp thing and like clamp it and stuff, but I just, I couldn't help but always worry that it was going to crash into it and then light on fire. And then I was going to have like a barn fire. So I bought the sweeter heaters for my own anxiety and to make sure that I didn't burn my barn down because of a heat lamp, but they're really expensive. And when you figure like the return on that, I mean, ROI on a hundred dollar heater, like it's got to be more than just eggs. <laughs> right. So for us, we have sweeter heaters too. Um, I will use them for my meat birds because we just keep them outside because they're, there's we usually order like 30. So we need a bigger space. Oh, and they're so gross. Yeah. Well, the, the broilers aren't as bad, but there's still so much poop when you order 30 chicks. Like there's no way around it. So, but with the sweeter heaters, I know you and I both use them for our goats. I've used them for our barn cats. I've used them for our pig. So we we get a lot of use out of those. And they have a lifetime guarantee on them too, I believe. So it is an investment. If you're looking to do like the homesteading thing as a whole, I would recommend just looking into that. For chicks specifically too, there's like a Brinzia type plate thing you can get as well. I think that usually runs around the $70 mark. So that's an option too, but I don't have any personal experience with that product. I just know what's out there. Yeah, I don't either. Um, because we have so many different animals, I immediately went to something that could be used for a lot of different things. So I didn't get a chick specific plate. Yeah. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. There is a really r- big risk there. If you are going to use a heat lamp, I just, I really recommend a lot of zip ties. <laughs> <laughs> All the zip ties. Like a stupid amount. All the zip ties. <laughs> like it'll take you five minutes to get it off of the wood or whatever it's attached to amount. So yeah, keep that in mind. <laughs> so what else should uh, new potential chicken tenders uh, be aware of? Well, I don't know if anyone has ever noticed how ugly chickens are in the fall. <laughs> yes, so ugly. They molt every year. And when they're molting... So what does it mean? Oh, so... What does it mean to molt? So when they molt, it means that they are losing their feathers and new feathers are growing in. And it's because the feathers that they currently have have kind of worn out and they need a new, like, fluffy, warm layer for winter. That way they stay warm, like, in the snow and all that stuff. So they molt so that they can have their new fresh feathers just for that season. And when they're molting... They're using all of their, well, I don't want to say all, but they're using a lot of their calcium and nutrition requirements to create those new feathers. So rather than energy going towards egg production, it is going towards feather production. And so they are probably not laying while they're molting, or if they are laying, they're laying at a much lower rate than they were. So you'll have that period in the fall where they are molting and they are not laying eggs just because they're making feathers instead. Exactly. Egg. Egg. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, it is not Instagram pretty when they do that either. 
So if you're also thinking I'm going to get chickens so I can be like drinking with chickens or some other chicken fancy influencer, do consider during the fall period, they will not be Instagram worthy. (laughs) (laughs) Don't set your expectations for your Ah. income on the prettiness of your chickens, Ah. just say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next thing to consider. Chickens don't lay as many eggs in the winter months. And we kind of talked about that a little. Unless you run lights. And when we say run lights, you can run like the Christmas lights. It doesn't have to be like a spotlight or anything really big and crazy. You know, you can do that and it will trick their bodies into laying more. But it, it will potentially add a little to your electricity bill if you do that. I also want to address, I mean, I really enjoy a good conspiracy theory because I just think it's so fun. But I am seeing one float around right now about feed. There's something in tractor supplies feed that is preventing my chickens from laying right now. They are not laying at all. It's something in the feed. No, it's just dark. No, it's dark, (laughs) honey. It's dark. And uh, some people are saying they switched feed and all of a sudden they're laying again. It's getting a little lighter now. The solstice has happened? (laughs) The solstice has happened. (laughs) And then you also have to consider the age of your chickens. If they're a couple years old, they're just going to slow down. I have have about mm, a dozen freeloaders out there that are over 10 years old now. I highly doubt they're laying. And if they are, it's probably like maybe once a week. Maybe. (laughs) So while I enjoy a good conspiracy theory... For entertainment purposes. That one is just a little, feels a little like it's an educational gap. But if somebody is experiencing that and they think I'm wrong, uh, I'd love to hear it. I really would. If somebody has an actual legitimate experience with that, I want to know. And I I won't make fun of you or anything, I promise. But but I'm seeing that float around a lot. And it just feels, that feels like it's maybe not so accurate. Something else, though, to like kind of keep in mind is that the quality of your feed does or can, you know, affect the rate at which your chickens lay eggs. I mean, think about how much, like what the nutritional requirements would be to create an entire egg every day. So if your chickens are not getting the nutrition that they need, they will not lay as often. And I'm not saying that Tractor Supplies Feed doesn't have all of the nutrition that your chickens have. I don't know what, I like, I have not read their label. I have no idea. It's a commercial feed, so it is totally fine. And I'm sure that all of the chickens that eat it are perfectly healthy. But if you are feeding your chickens a commercial feed and you don't feel like they're laying at the rate that they should be, maybe think about upgrading the feed to something that has more nutrients, like the grublies. Or, I mean, there are lots of really great feeds out there. So give those a try and then see if your chickens lay at a greater rate. And that can kind of tell you if it is the feed. But I don't think a feed company is intentionally making it so that your chickens don't lay eggs. I mean, that would be a pretty crazy conspiracy. (laughs) I don't think that's what's causing the egg shortage problem, though. No. 
back before my, you know, my whole uh, unexpected leave of absence, we did do some episodes on the avian influenza issue that was going around. That's definitely part of it. So I think it's a pretty complex issue to to unpack there. And and I don't and even if tractor supply is in cahoots with some other big corporation to destroy the quality of their feed because we're just going to keep buying it because we're not cruel people that want to starve our chickens we're never going to know about it (laughs) that's a good point that's fair i don't think i don't think the truth will come out but anyways (laughs) i just wanted to address that since i've seen that flying around and it's there's still not a lot of light each day Guys, it's like 10 hours right now, and it needs to be like 14 before they're really laying regularly. Yeah. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Um, In the winter, they do kind of take a break unless you trick them with string lights. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And you must hang out in some really dark places of the internet because I had not heard that one. (laughs) Oh, I do. I I do. Uh, Okay. I'm so fortunate to care for two senior farm dogs and choosing a treat they love that supports their aging joints used to be tough. But now that Grubly Farms offers Vermes, it's so easy. Many popular dog treat brands contain low quality animal protein from various sources and unnatural fillers that can cause allergy and tummy troubles. Vermes are loaded with healthy grub protein from black soldier fly grubs and only good things. They're soft chews that are baked in the USA with wholesome natural ingredients like sweet potato and pumpkin and antioxidants for mobility and fiber for digestion. And I don't know about you, but my senior dogs need the support of daily vitamins and medicine. And when given with Vroomies, they get what they need without anything that can cause them more issues in the long run, which makes Grubbly's Dog Snacks Vroomies a great choice for my aging best friends. Save 25% off your first order of Grubbly Farms Vroomies with code DRINKINFARM25 at grubblyfarms.com. All right, what's next? So like Sam mentioned, she has some chickens that are around 10 years old right now, and they're not really laying. They are very likely freeloaders. The average lifespan of a chicken is between five and 10 years old, and their production drops pretty dramatically after about year three or so. So if you are a mathematician, you'll know that you need to get (laughs) new chicks, like at minimum, probably every three years if you wanna stay in regular egg production which means raising baby chicks that often. I mean, I raise baby chicks almost every year just because I like it. And I think I'm going to this year because I didn't last year. So all of our chickens are aging and it's time. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, Yeah, I would actually recommend if you're going to get into chickens, if you're going to scale it small, start very small regardless. It's very easy to go to the, you know, chick days and get excited at all the different kinds of chicks or even go on... A hatchery website and you didn't even know this many kinds of chickens existed and before you know it you're leaving rural king with 18 different kinds of chickens when you already have 12 at home <laughs> speaking from experience um it's very easy to do that so because of that issue of them kind of slowing down after three years i do recommend getting new ones every year if you can the the benefit of that too is that in their first year 
typically if you get them in the spring, they will lay through the winter a little more consistently than the other chicks you have because they're just starting. So that's a benefit there too to consider. If you just, you know, go, I would suggest then go to a feed store and just get a couple because a lot of websites have minimums and it can be very expensive to ship. Just go grab two or three or whatever the feed store's minimum is to rotate in some new blood there. And chickens die very dramatically and randomly. Like they can have heart attacks, fall over and die for no apparent reason. They can get weird diseases. They can be sick and you didn't notice and it's too late. Like you have to be okay with death too. I don't think that this is necessarily on that list. We do talk about predators a little bit, but outside even the predators, like they just die. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They really do. And it's amazing. But yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I think we do get into that a little more um, here, but we can segue into the predator part of things. Yeah. I mean, might as well. I mean, like, so if you have neighborhood dogs or foxes Mm -hmm. or coyotes or bears or I don't know. uh, Possums. Possums. Raccoons. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Minks. They want to eat your chickens. They do. They want to eat your chickens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Weasels. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Easy Um, snack. They're delicious. And unfortunately, uh, neighborhood dogs are actually probably one of your worst predators if those are kind of free range in your area. Uh, And they just kill for sport, for fun. They're just chasing around your flock, destroying them one by one because they think it's neat. And it's really unfortunate. So if you live in the country and dogs are just like running around, that's always a possibility. My biggest fear, knock on wood. Hasn't happened here yet. I just, like, hit my mic. Yeah. Yeah. We had somebody's dog run into our yard a couple... It was probably a couple months ago now. Luckily, nothing bad happened. But it it happens. And, you know, you have to reconcile that and make sure that you have the correct space for them. So if you do have random neighborhood dogs, maybe you can't free-range them. And you have to come up with a really secure area for their chicken run. So that costs money to build that it's a really nice concept to free range your chickens but there is risk there even aerial attacks like hawks um we had a big hawk problem once they learn you have chickens and they had a successful meal they will stick around they're smart some people they're very smart they're amazing animals they're incredibly sharp (laughs) yes and you eight eagles might be a problem for you too Mm -hmm. depends on where you live so definitely do some research about your predators in the area and, and maybe how best to protect your new flock if you do decide to follow through with this. Yeah. And it's really funny. Even in the same area, there will be places that have predator problems nonstop. And then a few houses down, zero predator problems ever. So it just like really depends. We we have a theory like at our place that the reason why we don't lose to predators is because there's just so much wildlife around because there's woods like everywhere. So it's easier for the predators to just like go grab a rabbit or a bird or something rather than come onto our property to come get a chicken. But I mean, that's just a theory. I'm not saying that that's definitely true. So yeah. Yeah. I would say this one could be, you can leverage this point as a pro. Oh yeah. But a con might be that chickens like to poop everywhere. 
And if you let them free range, they will poop on your deck. They will poop in front of your garage. They will poop on you if you let them onto your lap or pick them up. They poop everywhere. They'll poop on your car if you park it yeah. outside. But if you're into the idea of composting, chicken manure can be very, very powerful. And I know you compost, so maybe you can talk about that a little bit more than I can. Because we don't we don't intentionally compost. We just like... It just like happens. There is that we throw it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, chicken poop does make really excellent compost, but it takes a long time to break down to the point where it's actually safe for your garden. So you wouldn't want your chickens just like randomly jumping into your garden beds and pooping because that poop is, it's like, it's called hot. So that means that it's not like the ideal place for plants to thrive and seeds to germinate. And in fact, like it could burn your plants if it's put on your garden too soon. So really you want your chickens like free ranging in your compost pile and turning it over and pooping in it. But you wouldn't really want them like just pooping on your plants and fertilizing them willy nilly because it's not really fertilizing them. It's just burning them. (laughs) Right. Right. And we have episodes, too, about composting and the difference between hot and cold manure. So like rabbits and goats have cold manure that you can put directly into your garden, whereas cow and chicken you have to put in your compost pile and they have to take time to break down because they do burn things. So but there is a benefit there if you're into trying to do the whole homestead thing. You can use their chicken poop and sometimes people will pay you a lot of money for chicken poop. They will, especially if it's fully composted chicken poop. Like it has a lot of the nutrients that plants need to thrive and do really well. So potential extra business idea. Did we just throw one in the maybe column? Like we've just like been shitting all over everything. And then we're just like, we're just like, here's Here, a pro. Yeah. Here's poop. It's a pro. Yeah. But that takes work, right? That's, that's work. Yeah. That's work. But if, if you're into it and want to try to offset the cost of the feed, Long term, that could be a really great plan for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And speaking of chickens that poop everywhere, they're also not very nice when it comes to your landscaping. So, like, if you mulch in your trees or your rose bushes or you have pots just like randomly laying around your porch, like, forget it. You don't. You don't have those things anymore. Pots are now dust baths. Everything that was around your trees is now killing the grass in a 10-foot radius all around your trees. Same with what's under your bushes. It is now in the grass and you have big dead patches everywhere because chickens are just rude. And it doesn't matter how often I scoop it back, they go right back over there. And it's like they can't handle the fact that it's all piled up. No. And, And they like certain kinds of flowers, too. So if you really enjoy, like, marigolds... So do they. They do. They love them. <laughs> yeah. They will eat them right out of your plants. And, it, you know, if you're thinking even going the turkey route or something like that, those MRFers jumped up onto my deck and were getting into my hanging baskets because they could reach them. So any kind of poultry, your plants are not safe. So that's another reason why maybe you want to build a really big chicken run so you don't have to deal with a free range business. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's a, I did find a really nice sort of compromise last year because I, I did end up free ranging my chickens at one point because it is nice to cut down on the feed bill during that time of year when we have so many bugs. What I did was I allowed the marigolds to just like sprout and go crazy in the paths in the garden. So like my garden was just like ridiculous last year. There were random marigolds (laughs) everywhere, like all sorts of stuff. And because there was so much outside of the garden beds, they didn't really jump into the garden beds to do very much damage. Like every now and then one would get brave and discover something. And if there was something really good they loved, they would all join and go bananas. But I'm going to say that from what I can remember, for the most part, they stayed out of the garden beds because I had so many like just like wild things out in the open that they could reach and that they could have free range over, so to speak. <laughs> nice. That's good to know. That was, that was a good little experiment. Yeah. You ran there. If you want to garden with chickens and you're not trying to have an Instagram worthy garden, just let the stuff grow all over the paths. They don't they don't know what you planted on purpose and what you didn't. <laughs> no. No, they I don't think they'll ask. They don't. No, no they don't care. They give zero clucks. They'll just eat and run. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that's really important to know though because if you do really take pride in your landscaping, you're going to want to figure out ways to either be okay with them ruining it or keeping them away from it. So that's a really good point. But yeah, so so we did kind of touch already on chickens like to just randomly die. They do have medical issues though. And, and generally, if you catch it early enough, you might be able to help them. That means you want to keep a fully stocked first aid kit. We have a lot of episodes about what should go on those. We have a really nice search feature on our website where you can just go in and type some things in and all the episodes that have relevant keywords are just going to kind of pull up and catalog for you. So definitely check that out if you're interested in learning more. But you could end up, you know, depending on how dedicated you are, uh, take some late night runs to get supplies or go to the vet. It's really hard to find a vet that'll see chickens. Yeah, it is. Um, too. So yeah. Yeah. You know, we have Dr. Pole in Michigan. He's got an Animal Planet TV show. I forgot that that was where he was at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he actually was a foreign exchange student at my high school way back, obviously. He's he's old. I was going to say he's much older than you are. <laughs> uh, yes, he is. But uh, just a fun little tie-in there for me. But anyways, you will find some special vets like Dr. Pole who will see animals, you know, that are a little... <laughs> That aren't cats and dogs. But I'm finding more and more a lot of people are even struggling to find farm vets. Like, we don't have farm vet anymore at all in Mayville. Or not Mayville, excuse me, in Fellerville, where I'm located. Originally, they narrowed it down to just horses. And now that's done, too. Oh. So we do have other vet options in the area. Most of them do equine or horses. Um, But goats, I would probably have to go to Michigan State, and it probably would not be cheap. So that's something to consider. If you don't have a vet in the area, you do need to study up a bit on how to take care of your chicken if it gets sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a lot of that is going to be trial and error and experimentation and figuring out how to recognize, like, what problem is which thing and... Yeah. But I will plug, I don't know, with our rebrand, we might have, I don't know if we can rename our Facebook group or not. Oh, yeah, we will rename it eventually. Yeah. 
But we'll, we'll make sure it's linked in the show notes. We do have a really great Facebook group that you can join. And people are very helpful if there's sick animal questions. Any kind of farm question, really. You can ask it in there and people are going to help. You know, it's not just us in there. There's a couple hundred people in there that, you know, can jump in and help you. So that's an option, too. There's a lot of Facebook groups out there. I will say that ours is probably one of the kinder groups. I've if if people are attacking each other in our group, we don't we don't. Yeah, <laughs> if that happens, we don't put up with it. So there you might find other groups that aren't so kind. So maybe I'm a little biased, but you should just join our group. On Facebook if you yep. need help. <laughs> yeah, because if we see it, we'll jump in and answer. Uh, someone from the community, though, is very likely to jump in and answer before we do. And what's been really nice is, like, every question that I've seen in there, like, the variety, there's always a variety of answers. So there's options that you can go to when you need them. And you can actually like call out and ask like where or tell people like where you're at so that maybe you can find people nearby that have similar conditions to you and your problem might be similar to something that they've experienced so yeah so I feel like we did go through a lot of the cons we touched on some pros definitely think that from my perspective there are more pros and that's why I still have chickens you know six years almost into chicken keeping. They are very entertaining to watch. They're great. You can sell the eggs. If you, if you do it at a larger scale, you can sell the eggs and probably break even at this point on your feed. Right now, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. right now. Before, no. But right now, I mean, some people are selling them at like the supermarket price for just your regular old eggs. And if you're wanting to invest in organic eggs... You could probably make a lot of money if you wanted to do that right now. But again, you have to wait at least like five months to start getting those eggs. And who knows what the prices will be in five months. I doubt they're going to go back down. Yeah. (laughs) But we'll see. Maybe I'll be surprised. Not going to hold my breath. That's one of the problems with prices. Like, I mean, so the price of lumber did eventually come down to something that was more reasonable. So I'm sure that eggs will come down, but I... Let's hope so. I, I don't think that they'll get back to what they were at. And that's just because in my almost 40 years of experience on this planet now, once the prices go up on something, it's really hard to get them back down to that pre price. And there's like a myriad of reasons for it. I won't pretend to know every single one of them, but I will tell you that like the egg price thing, it's it's definitely multifaceted. Farmers are very likely taking the brunt of the avian flu losses because they're the ones that actually own the birds and are having to have the flocks Cold. So it's only companies that actually mm-hmm. own chickens and farms that actually own chickens that are suffering from the avian flu and having their chickens die. Companies that just like package and sell the things, they are not having to take on that risk, but they're getting to mark the prices up and then the store gets to too. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> You can make your own assumptions from that information, but <laughs> yes, I just it, and I agree. It's very complicated, but there's some. I'm not going to say the f word, but there's some effery 
I'll say that. There's some effery going on. And I, I agree, the, the farmers are probably getting screwed a little bit there. I mostly wanted to point that out because I think it's easy to think that it goes like straight from the farm like to your grocery store, but it doesn't. There's like all these middle things in between there. And so it really depends on how their contract is set up and like all sorts of other stuff. But chances are... Well, actually, I don't even want to say that because I don't want to generalize like that broadly, but it's possible that there are farmers out there that are stuck in contracts with egg packaging companies where they are still supplying the eggs at that really cheap price that they're under contract for. And those packaging companies are getting to mark them up to the double and the triple. So, I mean, it's like it's one of those things where it just kind of feels like you know, I just, if I had to buy eggs, I just want to go buy them from my neighbor or the farmer's market at this point. Because, I mean, even if I am overpaying for them, like, that money is going in their pocket. It's not being used to to make ads and fancy packaging and all sorts of other stuff. Like, I don't know. And those chickens might even be happier, too. They could be, yeah. I mean, they might be miserable. I don't know how happy they are, but yeah. Right. But they're not stuck in like a little cage, you know, just sitting there laying their eggs. Yeah, I was going to actually say the same thing. Like we have a local farmer that sells his gas or his eggs at a gas station. And they're about the same price as you would get from Walmart. But I feel better paying that local gas station to give them you know, a cut of that back to the farmer. I know he's probably making more than those other egg farmers that you buy eggs from at the grocery store. And I'm not shaming anybody that doesn't have access to somebody that sells eggs, but maybe make a friend. If all of this has changed your mind about growing your own chickens, maybe find a friend somewhere or on the internet or even a roadside stand that does sell eggs and and maybe buy from them. Because the prices are probably pretty comparable at this point. Yeah, I think so too. And who knows? I mean, by the time this episode drops, well, this might be out of date and prices have either tripled or maybe they've or they maybe gone not. back down a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. I think they'll go back down a little, but they won't be what they were. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. it's just been my experience. So yeah, yeah. We have, and if you're new here, we have all kinds of episodes talking about a lot of this stuff, even down to when we were watching a documentary series on Netflix called Rotten, and there was a lot of supply chain information in those episodes that we talked about based on those documentaries. So we have a lot of episodes and information here for you. So if you're new here, welcome. We hope you like us enough to stick around. Yeah, because we hope we're being helpful. Yeah. That's our goal anyways. Yeah. Well, if you want to get to the show notes for this episode, you will go to drinkandfarm.com slash 227. And that will continue to work. I will eventually move our website over to givezeroclucks.com. But I'm going to keep all the redirects from the We Drink and We Farm things and the Drink and Farm stuff just because, uh, I mean, that that was what we were for five years so there are going to be people that will always call us Drink and Farm and will always go to drinkandfarm.com. So that's always going to work. So drinkandfarm.com slash 227. That'll get you to the show notes. There'll be links to anything that we discussed in the episode along with some links to those um, past episodes that Sam talked about so that you can find some a little more easily. 
And before we go, we will give a shout out to our Patreon peeps, Ashley Davis, Tonya Harold, Kimberly Taylor, and DC Teitzel. Cheers to you for being our ride or die Patreon peeps. That's what we... Yeah. (laughs) Okay, let's close this out. Until next time, drink, farm, and and give give zero zero clocks. clocks. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things.